Good morning, ladies. This is Anna Grace Wood. I am your hostess. This is Feminine Fidelity, where we are striving to recover biblical womanhood. Please check out my blog, Feminist Sola Gratia. You will find on there a lot of resources to help you to understand and grow as a biblical woman, as a woman who desires to honor God and all of her life. You'll find resources on uh, the ordinance of head coverings. Um, you will find resources on um, understanding feminism and fighting against it, uh, women's suffrage, modesty, and homemaking, and so much more. If you can, please become a, a supporter through Patreon or through Anchor. You can make a one-time offering or you can become a monthly, excuse me, a monthly supporter, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, that will help me to keep my work going um, and help me to expand it. Okay, so today we're going to discuss something just a little bit different. This is a podcast devoted to Titus 2. But to understand how to obey God and, and obey his word, we have to understand, sometimes we have to go back a little bit further and understand the attacks on the word. And so we're going to discuss that a little bit today. Um, doctrinal decay. I want to read you something by um, Charles Spurgeon. This was something that he wrote, um, I think it was about five years before he died. He wrote that he was facing the downgrade of the church. Um, and he had been under attack. There was so much going on. Um, so much that he had worked for had come under attack. Not just that, but the great doctrines were um, being questioned, some of them. The thing is, is in the 1800s, this was in the year of 1857 that he said this, in the 1800s, you saw so many attacks on the, on the Bible. Uh, higher criticism, which came out of the German universities that questioned how you interpret scripture and suggested that scripture ought to be interpreted as any other book, which is nonsense, because this is the word of God and nothing else is. You saw feminism, you saw um, Darwinianism, you saw um, women's suffrage, which came out of feminism and was an attack on scripture, and so many other things. And far too many people had their views of Scripture influenced by the things that were going on, by the attacks, even the people who had been solid Christians um, or who had seemed to be solid Christians suddenly couldn't answer certain questions about Scripture because, well, they said, and shouldn't they know? Well, no. God knows. And um, we have to always go back to Scripture. When Scripture is under attack, we go back to Scripture itself. We don't try to justify it by other means. There's, I mean, you can look around and, yes, there's a God. This world could not have created itself. So I'm not saying that there's not other arguments that support God. There is. But the Word itself is its best defender. But anyway, Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, no lover of the gospel can conceal from himself that the, the fact that the days are evil. 
We are willing to make a large discount from our apprehensions on the score of natural timidity, the caution of age, and the weakness produced by pain. But yet our solemn conviction is that these things are much worse in many churches than they seem to be and are rapidly trending downward. Read those newspapers which represent the broad school of dissent and ask yourself how much farther could they go? What doctrine remains to be abandoned? What other truth to be the object of contempt? A new religion has been initiated, which is no more Christianity than chalk is cheese. And this religion, being destitute of moral honesty, palms itself off as the old faith with slight improvements. And on this plea usurps pulpits which were erected for gospel preaching. The atonement is scouted. The inspiration of scripture is derided. The Holy Spirit is degraded into an influence. The punishments of sin are is turned into fiction, and the resurrection into a myth. And yet these enemies of our faith expect us to call them brethren, and maintain a confederacy with them. The case is mournful. Certain ministers are making infidels. Avowed atheists are not a tenth as dangerous as those preachers who scatter doubt and stab at faith. So, doesn't this sound like today, ladies? There's so many attacks on the Word of God today, just like there has been, well, forever. But today is especially grievous to those of us who truly love the Lord and His Word. And I, and I know that there's many, there are many of us who have not bowed the need to, to bail. But there's also so many that are confused. And so we must be prepared um, to explain when we're questioned, well, why do you wear a head covering? We must be able to explain the biblical reasons for it. Why are you um, submissive to your husband? There is a biblical reason. Why are you having children? And not just one child or two ch children, but why, why do you have so many or why do you want more? Um, why are you a stay-at-home mother and wife? Why aren't you developing your skills? Why do you dress like that? Why, why don't you get something cuter or more modern or revealing is actually what they're asking. So, as Charles Spurgeon pointed out here, the attack was vicious. The attack was vile. That was going, going on against God's word at this time. But he also said this, he said, I am quite willing to be in, to be eaten of dogs for the next 50 years, but the more distant future shall vindicate me. And it has. And ladies, those of us who take this stand now, that the word of God calls us to be biblical women for a reason, will be vindicated down the line. Um, all of this goes together. God says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, it behooves us to know the attacks that are coming against the Holy Word of God. Um, an attack on biblical womanhood isn't just an attack on 
you or me or our beliefs. It is an attack on the Holy Word of God. It is saying, well, this portion of Scripture can be ignored. But this is the slippery slope argument here. Once you remove a teaching, what are you going to remove next? And where does it stop? Um, You can't. This is, as I pointed out at the beginning, we had in the 1800s all of these attacks going on Scripture. We're reaping the fruit of that today. Mr. Spurgeon said that we needed to stand firm on the Word of God and not give um, any heed to the attacks on it. And he was right. He was proven right. Because, of course, he's right. Because it's the Word of God. And you never, ever, 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 ever compromise it. But so many were willing to compromise. And so out of that age, we have today's age. We have feminism, which has eaten up everything in its path. It is truly cancerous. It is destructive. One day, feminism will die. Because while it is of a massive influence in our society and in our homes, God's word is stronger. And God's word will be proven true. Darwinianism. How many people do you know that either are straight out evolutionist who claim to be atheist or claim to be agnostic or those who are theistic evolutionist who claim to be both a Christian and a believer in evolution? Uh, you cannot compromise. And yet these people are trying to do so. Um, what about people who don't believe in the flood? Oh, it was a local flood rather than a universal one. Well, God's word says it's universal. So we must stand firm on what God said. God said that the world was created in six days and the language in that, um, denotes six hour days, six, uh, (laughs) excuse me, six 24 hour days. And, um, we can't, we can't give in to that. We can't say, well, maybe it could have been, you know, a thousand years every day or a thousand years every hour or, or a million years for a day or maybe every hour it was a million years or maybe it was a billion. Because once you give in, you have denied the authority of Scripture. You have said that someone out there knows better than God himself who wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit inspired scripture. It is given to us by God. It is his word. And so you are saying that man knows better than God when you accept the arguments against six 24-hour days or when you accept the arguments against a universal flood or when you accept arguments against biblical womanhood. And you say, well, you know, there's so many exceptions to this. Uh, We discussed this the other day. There are, every time you say, well, God's word says this, and this is what we must do. Someone's going to come along and go, hey, what about exceptions? What about this? What about that? What do you think about this? They want to back you into a corner so that you will then deny the very thing you've been teaching. 
and they want you to uh, to lose faith in the Word of God. They want you to lose faith in God Himself. Um, Mr. Spurgeon and the people of his time, they faced a doctrinal downgrade. They faced a reform downgrade. Yes, it was very big. It was very widespread. And it had come about because people were questioning the Word of God. We're facing another downgrade today. You see so much going on in the church. One of the biggies today is, of course, CRT. And um, uh, you need to know, you need to understand it. Uh, John Harris wrote an excellent book on it. Owen Stratton did. You've got so many resources out there. Uh, Vodi Bauckham wrote another excellent resource for you. You just simply need to go make yourself sit down and read or get it on Audible and listen. Um, watch some of the podcasts. Uh, read some of the articles devoted to this to try and understand it and how to stand firm against it because it's it's a it's a biggie today and a lot of people are falling for the lies of this just like before so many fell for the lies of all of this other stuff. And then feminism is so still so widespread in the church that we do not even see that we are believing feminism, and yet many of us are feminist unawares. We do not stand firm on scripture because, well, the, the professors in the seminaries had caved some, and so when they taught the pastors, they taught them less than the historical uh, foundational truths of scripture. What they got was not what men before, say, 200 years ago would have gotten. And so there's compromise and then compromise and then it just flows downhill and becomes greater and greater. And so when it gets to us, we don't get the full truth. We don't get the full picture. And unless we're willing to study for ourselves and delve into Scripture and get some good books, um, Scripture is always best. That's your best resource always on anything related to the Lord and His Word, Scripture itself. But there are some excellent excellent books out there that will help you to stand firm and again i have a lot of these resources listed on my blog depending on what it is you want to learn about um and i'm still building this i intend to eventually do a page for uh creation and uh, against evolution against theistic evolution and so on um but I haven't gotten to that yet. I've been so busy on all the other stuff. <laughs> but um, you don't need me. You can go to uh, um, Answers in Genesis and various other resources that are already out there that you can turn to them and find videos. You can find sermons. You can find books. So I just want to do mine to make it accessible to my readers. Um Second Timothy four two through four says, "Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having niching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth, and wander off into myths." 
Now, this was the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, and he's telling him to preach. He's not telling you and I, ladies. Um, but his warning here is for today, too, because there's so many of us who have itching ears, who don't want to do the hard work of, of figuring out what God's Word actually says. Um, well, what does it say about covering your head? I know I talk about this a lot. I talk about it a lot because it is a lost teaching in most corners of the church. Most churches do not ever address this. Uh, most churches, if they do address it, it is, as it was done in my church, it was explained away. And I'm, I'm sorry. Um, it is for today because it is ground in um, creation order. This is not something we can just easily dismiss, even though most of the church wants to. And I've done my research, and I, I beg you to do yours. I'm sure you can probably find even better resources than I have found, and uh, at least some of you could. Um, and I'm still working on gathering them, but there's so much information out there that that will help you to understand head coverings and why it's still an important doctrine and the damage that was done to the church when women took off their head coverings and no longer wore them. Um, you know, ladies, it was one of the things that came about from feminism because the feminists hated the idea that women covered their heads and to the head sh and it, that head covering showed, um, well, that the Bible was true and it showed submission to a husband or to, to men, women from, to men. And I'm not saying every woman must be submissive to every man. Don't put words in my mouth. That's not what I said. Um, but, uh, feminists hated this. Anybody that is willing to question scripture to the point that they're willing to bend is going to attack you when you actually stand firm on it. So it behooves you to get in there and figure out what God's word actually says and to be able to defend it. Why are you a mother and wife at home? Is it because your husband makes enough money for you and y'all can have a comfortable life? And so you decided to stay home with your children? Or is it in obedience to God's word who says that this is to be the way it is because it's the way he designed it to be so that his word is not blasphemed? Titus 2, 3 through 5. Now, which is it? Why do you, why do, you do it? And you need to be able to explain it. You need to be able to explain why you're modest. If if you can't, if you just say, well, it makes me feel more comfortable, or I like this style, but I'm not judging someone else, what you're doing is you're making it about you. You're not making it about, well, the Lord said. Because everything has to go back to what he says. It must rest on scripture, or it's not for his glory. And this is true from the doctrines that are being preached from our pulpits, the sermons that are done every Sunday, are they doing it? Are they standing firm on Scripture and never, ever, ever wavering? 
and they're doing it for the glory of God? Or are they caving a little bit because they might lose a donor or they might make Mr. or Ms. so-and-so upset? Are they afraid that they might lose their job? You know, if, if a pastor is making these kind of concessions, he's not doing it for the glory of God. But it's also us, ladies. It's also us. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. We need to understand it. Your husbands ought to be leading you in this. This is something that comes under headship. Your husband is the head of the family, and he he is to be leading you in a way that will glorify the Lord and uh, that will help you to be the best woman, wife, and mother that you can be um, and to help you to be obedient to God's Word. Um, but still, it's good to know yourself. It's good for us to study. It's good for us to learn. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm encouraging you to do. That's why I point you to my blog. Um, on my blog, what I what I have on there is not just my teachings that I'm pointing you to. I am telling you that I've got sermons linked for you to go listen to. I have books for you to go uh, find and read. I have quotations from godly men throughout the ages on various subjects uh, to help you to understand it. I've got um, articles linked and websites, so I'm not pointing you to my wisdom. I'm pointing you to wisdom of people who are far, far wiser than I am. But the doctrinal downgrade in Mr. Spurgeon's time was very, very real, and it's very, very real in our time, too. And um, we've got to stand, stand firm. God's Word is always... The only thing that really matters. It is what you're going to be judged by, ladies. It is what tells you how to live, how to please the Lord. And so many of us are so quick to listen to other, other people over the Lord himself. Because a lot of times it's because we don't know the Bible. We might have read it once through or twice um, we may not have ever read it through at all. You know, we may be accepting what our pastor says without ever being like the Bereans and checking scripture to see if these things are so. And that's what we must do. And, you know, and this is what our husbands need to be doing is leading us so that we don't make these kind of mistakes. But you need to be reading and studying on your own. You know, you need to know to stay away from um, teachers who are going to lead you astray. The more you know God's word, the more you'll be able to, to uh, root out false teachers because what they say will not line up with what the Bible actually teaches. And so it will help you to understand um, as you study. So I know all of this just kind of, I'm touching on a lot of topics today, but they're all connected under this. Know God's word, love God's word, obey God's word. And the, the more you do that, the more fear of the Lord you will have. Because if you really know the God of scripture, you're going to have fear of the Lord. And um, 
That's the beginning of wisdom, ladies. So, you know, read, study, learn, and be able to defend what you believe, what you do, and why you do it. And do it all for God's glory, always and in always, all the time. Y'all have a nice day now. Bye-bye.